Hey there, welcome to the online Women's Bible Study Podcast. What started as a local neighborhood Bible study group has turned into a community of women from all walks of life. We're committed to growing and becoming all that God has called us to be. I am your host, Allison Daniels, and I'm excited that you are here to share in this conversation. We are reading through the book, Praying the Names of God by Ann Spangler. As women, when we know who our God is, we then know how to live and how to fully embrace his plan for our lives. I want to see us live boldly, full of faith and power, knowing who you are as a daughter of the King. I'm so glad that you are here. Let's jump in. nature that's one of his names you know is lord and master and so we have to think of our walk you know in terms of what does that mean to follow him as lord and as master so you know the the opening question that i usually have is what hit you what struck you um in this week's lesson what stood out to you (laughs) (laughs) christy laughs um, I just need to, I have to go to the restroom now. Yeah, that's it for like the next 45 minutes now. Hmm. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like a kid when you didn't want to, like, I grew up, you know, we all did chores. And like when it was the big meal thing and you had like gobs and gobs of dishes to do, I, I, I for some reason found our bathroom very interesting mm-hmm. I, I would just oh, like sit in here. i was terrible i was a terrible child. i'd come out and they were like they're still waiting for you oh i guess they caught they got they caught on to my trick um but i think um going all the way to thursday and of course we'll backtrack but i think one of the really important statements that came out on page 96 in the book she talks about it's the very last paragraph on Thursday. She says, remember whose servant you are. Yeah. And it just made me like real big bold letters. I am a servant of, and then fill in the blank because, you know, we were, we've just been kind of going through some similar things in our, in our church service mm-hmm. um, for their pastor in the sermon series. And it was just like, yeah, who, who's, who is the power, who has power over me? Like, is it my schedule or lack of schedule? <laughs> is it the sun rising and sunset? Is it what's in the bank account? Is it what's going on with our families? Is like, what, what, what am I like being a servant to? And is it, am I being a servant in the correct way? You know, cause it's, you know, and one thing that she said in there, she says, um, on the beginning of Friday, she says, knowing that the Lord we serve is also the Lord who loves us. We need not fear that he will take advantage of us. And I think, especially as women, just to make a generalization, me as a woman, how often have you equated that word being servant-like or being a servant as being taken advantage of or, you know, like 
what is it platitude i can't remember the word somebody help me out who's, who's got the english language better than i do right now but it's like you know it's like oh master master you know what can i get for you i think like i was giving my husband a hard time before because we had these three like really bad looking nannies and uh he's like yeah i could use some banana muffins like and then it was like you're gonna make me banana muffins because you have nothing to do in the afternoon i'm like excuse me <laughs> you know but it was kind of like you know wait a minute like oh, hold on here because you get you know how often do we as as women that's part of our role and I put that in quotations. I know this is not a video, but I'm saying quote, you know, it's our role to be a servant, yeah. Yeah. servant to our kids, servant to our parents, servant to our friends, servant to our church. You know, it's like, but that doesn't mean that we need to get walked and up. As women, I think you hit something very much on the head there. I think as women, the reality is it goes against what the last 50 years of culture, which is girl power you know, fighting for, you know, equality in the workplace, for work pay, you know, equality and all these things as women, you know, fighting for our voice and our culture. And uh -huh. so I totally agree with you. I think um, that kind of resonated with me to that idea of being a servant because being a newlywed, you know, only two years in, like it's, that's been a reframing because when you've lived on your own, I mean, I was on my own for almost 15 years. Oh, I, I didn't really. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's, that's oh, different. Yeah. Oh, that's a difference. I don't do anything for anybody. I do what I want to do when I want to do how I want to do it and where, you know, like I call the shots. And so that has been a huge, huge adjustment and thinking about it's not even just serving my husband, but recognizing that serving my husband is serving the Lord and is pleasing to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so having to really be intentional at times to take on, you know, the Bible talks about taking on the mind of Christ. Well, that's then taking on the mind of a servant, you know, that's then taking on the mind and the heart of someone who's intentionally, intentionally, excuse me, looking to serve and for ways to honor, um, and to please not just the Lord, but to, to serve those and to impact those around her. And that's, that's been a huge, in marriage, that's been a huge adjustment for me. And I don't know if I've even fully adjusted to it, um, but I hope that I'm better than I was two years ago, but, but it is, I mean, after being single, being independent, living on my own, lived across the country, I had some extended family here, but generally I was on my own, you know? And so that's been a huge um, kind of turning point is thinking about, I even wrote here under that same phrase that you highlighted, remember who servant you are. I wrote this, just a simple statement. He's my Lord, I am his servant. It, it just is a reminder to, you know, that that this is that this is the relationship that I have with God that he is my Lord he is my master and exactly what you said what she highlights on 97 and that God is not going to take advantage of that that following God is not going to mean that I'm going to get um misused or that he's he's somehow got the upper hand and so because he's got the upper hand 
that he's going to wield that hand in a way that's going to hurt me or that's going to harm me. No, I follow him because I know that he's good. I follow him and I serve him because I've seen his goodness. I've seen his faithfulness and I can trust in that nature that he's a good Lord, that he's a good master. And so therefore serving him should become easy was one of the thoughts that I had. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you that I think that a lot of time that independent woman culture can sometimes make it hard or harder than it should be, I should say, to serve um, and then to put ourselves in a place of humility. Um, and there is a way to be balanced as a woman and there is a way to have that balance of being an independent woman, but also serving the Lord faithfully. If Great that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I wrote also on 97 and looking at that Psalm, uh, Psalm 54 and four, where it says, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains, who sustains me. I wrote this, this statement, we can always anticipate God's help. And I thought that that was just so key in thinking of that idea that the Lord is not going to take advantage of us. He's a helper for us. He's a friend for us. He's a provider for us. He's a healer, as we'll see next week. And one of the things that we can always anticipate and look to the Lord, even as a master, even in serving him, is that the Lord is going to help us. He's going to walk with us. He's going to show forth that goodness towards us. And so we don't have to be afraid of going all in and serving the Lord. You know, I think it was our last week that we talked about uh, with Yahweh, like, what are we withholding? I think it was last time that we talked about that. Um, and kind of in this same vein or same thought, like, we don't have to fear serving the Lord. And I wonder sometimes, is that part of what might be keeping us back sometimes, you know, from really doing all that God has called us to be or called us to do, is that are we afraid of, um, I don't know if I would call it consequences or, or just, are we afraid of what might come if we really say, okay, you know what? I'm going all the way with God on this. Are we afraid of that sometimes of what it looks like to serve the Lord fully? Well, I think sometimes for me, it's the fear of loss of control because you have to give it up and you're like, okay. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Ah, where's this train going off the track? You know, mm -hmm. And then if for me, sometimes I think, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't do it. They're just afraid to fail. But I think so many times it's the reverse too. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of success because if you do it and you make it, then it's like, okay, what else, what's going to be next? Like, what, what am I going to have to do to top this? You know, it's like you get all caught up in this crazy 
Whoa, Bubba, no. Sorry, my cat was not going to walk across the street. But, you know, it's it's like, oh, now that I've done fill in the blank, like, what's next? Like, oh, great. Now I got a whole nother new chapter. And I got all not like, blah, you know. No, I think I'll just sit here and, like, roll over and, like, just, you know, not do what I think I'm supposed to be doing. So, I, I you know, I think it's a combination of things. So. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I think it's it's sometimes we have a fear of failure, which that's one side. But then I also think that sometimes it's also the fear of, of succeeding and doing well. Because there's all kind of, there's a whole different set of issues attached to that, right? Because if you do well, you got to keep doing well. Hmm. And then really the question becomes, okay, if I do well, can I sustain that? Like, how long is that going to last? you know like like we really kind of put these limitations before we even get there before we even doing well we write ourselves out and think that okay can i sustain this can i how long can i keep this going mm-hmm. you know um i think some of the questions we ask are but what will other people think you know are people going to think well who cares if you're doing well like if you're doing well and they don't think well of you like that's actually really their issue not yours <laughs> But we don't think that way. Like we get stuck in the, what are other people going to think? And we do it on the fear of failure and the fear of success side. What are other people going to think? And the result is then we're stuck and we don't do anything. And it's like, God is just calling us, you know? So if we go back to page 89, um, the passage for this scripture or for this week for Adonai is Exodus four and chapter four. Uh, one through five and 10 through 15. And so we kind of see that idea of the fear of failure and the fear of success with Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we have here is this, uh, is a story where uh, God is calling Moses to go to, to Pharaoh and to go speak to the Egyptians. And, you know, Moses is pretty much like, could you find someone else? <laughs> I just love how this story reads, it's, you know, and, and he goes in this kind of back and forth with the Lord where he's like, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to me? Or what if they say that the Lord, you know, Yahweh did not appear to you. And I love it because right there. So Moses starts out asking these questions. Like he's like, he's really like, he's really in a moment of vulnerability. Like he's laying it on the table for God. Like, you know, this is where I am right now. And so he's asking God these questions and it just seems like God kind of ignores him. <laughs> you know, exactly. God doesn't even address his question. <laughs> and then God immediately says to him, what is that in your hand? Like, okay, he's telling you that he's, he's scared, basically. He like, he doesn't think people are gonna believe him. And the Lord responds with the question, what's in your hand? And Moses is like, okay, it's a staff. The Lord says, throw it on the ground. It becomes a snake. And, you know, he gives them the instructions and, you know, Moses, he tells them to pick it up and, and to take it by the tail. And the Lord reminds him, he says, this said the Lord Yahweh is so that they may believe that the Lord Yahweh, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And so before God could even, you know, say anything else, Moses is like, God, 
you know, he's got these excuses. He's like, I've never been a man of eloquent speech. You know, I've got this stutter. I've got this, this speech issue, you know, and, and the Lord is, here's his answer. Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him his sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord Yahweh? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And Moses is again, just like, oh Lord. And so this is where we see the name Adonai, because this is the second time now he said it. Oh Lord, <laughs> please send somebody else to do it. And I feel like any one of us probably would agree that we could probably pull Moses' name out and put our name in there. <laughs> slightly different scenario, scenario exactly. but we have all been right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have all been right there. And so the Lord agrees to send Aaron, but it's just so interesting because like you said, Chrissy, he's stuck in this place of God's like telling him that he's going to succeed. I'm going with you. You'll be fine. It's going to, I'm look, I'm turning a staff into a snake just so you can see. And so they can see, but that's still not enough. He's still, you know, he's just like, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I don't have mm. enough money. I don't have enough education. I'm a woman. Now that's not in the passage, but you know, we can, okay. this is a woman's, that's not in the passage. Let me put disclaimer. But how many times have we said that? So true. I'm a woman. I'm having that, I'm literally walking through that conversation right now myself. Who's, who's going to listen to me? Women aren't supposed to do that, or, or well, people say women shouldn't do that in ministry. Talk ourselves out of the thing that God is actually like, you and only you, I'm calling to do that. And we just talk ourselves right out of it with all the things that we see and all the things that we think about it. And she, it's funny. she really hits on that on in page, sorry. She really hits on that in 90. Like I really circled that and highlighted it because in the, in her little thought, you know, prayer there, she says, Lord, forgive me for the times. And I, I loved, I went, what did she just say? She goes, forgive me times that I've only paid lip service to you. And I'm like, those are some actually pretty harsh words. And I thought about it and I go, oh yeah. Like, um, I think how it's written for me. <laughs> like, isn't that, you know, just like she says it right there. So I've prayed one thing and done another. Yeah, it's so true. But, you know, she really like called it out there and calls you out, you know, makes you think about how many times have you just paid lip service? Uh, you know, because going back even with, with Moses, I thought it was in the, I never realized that, but he says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. I was like, wow, I don't think I'd want that in my life. Burn, like burning anger. I mean, that is a real picture. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. Miss <laughs> Sherry, were you going to share something? 
No, I was, I was getting ready to say how Moses was revealing to God something that God already knew about him. It was never about, you know, okay, Moses, you know, like, okay, God, I'm giving you revelation. You don't know that I stutter and you don't know that I got these issues about speaking in front of people. So I'm just going to let you know that you selected the wrong God. God obviously knew everything about him. The Bible lets us know that how God is so intimately acquainted with us. I mean, he knows the numbers of hairs in our head, you know, so he knows every detail about us, our strengths, our weaknesses, our failures, and yet he still chooses us. So that, that's what amazed me about that. And I had to look at myself, you know, how many times, I, I mean, you said it um, already, Allison, you know, you look at yourself as unqualified, not enough. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't look like this person or I can't do it as well as somebody else. God never asked you that. Nope. He just asked you to do it or yield yourself to him so he can through do it through you. Yeah. So the whole thing of taking the staff and throwing it on the ground was like, dude, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm here. Okay. Just, you know, you know how you, I mean, with kids, you know, um, I'm mother and you know how the kids come and they be yabba, yabba, yabba. And you don't hear none of that stuff. You'd be like, okay, just go do this. And okay. You know, all of that means nothing to you. Cause your, your mind is set on, this is what I need you to do. You know? And God is like, okay, he let him get it out. Okay. What do you have in your hand? Yeah. I, I got this. And it was just revealing, like, I got this. I got this. So yeah. And I, that, I love what you said, that he wasn't telling God anything that God didn't already know. Isn't that something? And in spite of what God knew, God still was like, I'm choosing you. I'm calling yes. you. And I think we so have to grab a hold to that for our own life because I can run down the list of reasons why I probably am not the right one. But God didn't give that to person X. God didn't show that to person Y. He showed it to me to do. And so first off, I should be counting that a privilege. Exactly. And an honor that God has called me into whatever assignment and whatever lane and whatever task or project or endeavor um, in, in partnership with him. He called me for that. He chose me for that. Yeah, he knows my qualifications and my unqualifications. He knows everything that disqualifies me for that. But he still put my name on it and said, no, <laughs> that's Amen. yours. Amen. You can run with it. Amen. And so I have a responsibility then to not be... Um, I have a responsibility to not make God prove himself. Okay. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, in the sense of, I almost feel like that's what's happening a little bit is God's having to prove himself to Moses. And God shouldn't have to do that. Mm. You know, I, I'm not saying that that, that, I mean, I think he was doing it one in demonstration so that Moses would know what to expect when right. he got to Egypt. I, I think that that's the, really the overarching, but there is almost this element there of 
he is on some level also having to do it to prove to Moses and to like get Moses to see like, okay, this is who I am again. This is, this is what my power does. This is what I can do. And sometimes I think we do that too. Yeah. You know, where it's like God gives us something, excuse me. Um, and he gives us an instruction and we're just like lollygagging, you know, we're just dragging our feet. <laughs> right. Okay. We're dragging our deep, our feet in, in questioning. So there's a question here. So when, <laughs> when God calls me, does he qualify the call? Mm-hmm. I think absolutely he does. But the qualifications just may not look like man's qualifications. Exactly. That's a mm-hmm. good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Call? Absolutely. He qualifies it, but the qualifications are different. So, um, for instance, he may call you. Let's say if you're called, if you feel called to the ministry in some capacity, well, you might not have all the education or, or, or all the um, credentials, you know, the ministerial credentials and all these things, but you know that God has called you. There's evidence and fruit of, of a call on your life but you may not have the connections, right? With all the right people and, and, and because let's be honest, that happens in ministry too. Um, you know, you may not have all of that. And so from the outside, it might look like, well, why her? Because she has a word from the Lord an instruction from the Lord an instruction from her Lord and from her master. And she has to do what the Lord told her to do when the Lord, um, calls Mary, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he tells to he tells her, this is in Luke chapter one, Mm -hmm. when the angel announces to Mary, what's getting ready to happen, that she's going to give birth to the Messiah and call him Jesus. And he goes over all the details and Mary's responses for with God, or well, that's the angel's response, um, verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And I think what happens so often is we get caught up in the qualifications of what other people say. And we get caught up in the qualifications of what other people deem is right for our life or deem what is acceptable or where we should be or whether or not we can achieve that when the Lord is saying greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Yes, yes. Uh, We get caught up in the qualifications and say, okay, well, I don't have the money. Like how, like, like literally I don't have the money to do that thing. And the Lord is saying, I didn't ask you to pay for it. I asked you to just do it and to trust me to provide. Good word. Ah, that's a good word. Allison, do you remember that we shared when we first started the Bible study here in Palmetto and it's, it's grown so, so phenomenally, but we were all kind of like introducing yourself. And then was it you who asked the question, like, 
if if nothing was holding you back, what would you what would you want to do? Like what would be your dream thing? And I was like, oh yeah, I would totally love to have like and I have a name for it. I would love to have a center of for art so women could come in or groups could come in and you know if it needed to be like a mental health thing, whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's never gonna happen. It's a great dream, never gonna happen. But some things happen in ways that you don't expect. And there have been some really, truly tremendous things that have happened that have, I'm like, I'm not doing that, but I'm doing something just like it. So we, I haphazardly through Gallup at our church had asked me to come help her with this garage sale of craft supplies. Mm-hmm. Well, this is now our second grad sale. It's a woman that passed away very young and she she is like nine Hobby Lobby stores in her house. It, it, it's like a hoarder's paradise, but but all new brand new stuff. So the husband made a promise to her, you know, he said right to her deathbed, he goes, I'm not gonna pull up the dumpsters and unload this, I'll, I'll donate it. Mm-hmm. So we, but we've also been trying to sell it. So our first garage sale was a little under $3,000 that we made. And we're just like selling it for nothing. We just had another one over $3,000 and the money's going back to the family. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? It's a lot of stuff. Well, now we're helping the, the gentleman. He's super nice. So we're going in, we're helping organize. But something that came up, he and I started talking and he said, what about donating to worthy charitable causes? So Saturday was my first connection with one voice here in Sarasota. Well, actually, I think they're in Brandon. I don't remember where they are. It doesn't matter. But it is a gal that's been doing a camp for kids with cancer in active cancer treatment. So they can have the same experiences. So, and she's just, she's like winging it on a song and a prayer. And a gal, it was like a gal, a gal, a gal kind of thing. And we all hooked up and we're like best buds now. And they went shopping Saturday morning and she went with like an SUV full of craft supplies and art things and not my kitty cat here, um, <laughs> but all sorts of stuff and already they had it posted up on their webpage and on Facebook about the connection. And, it, and I go, it's not what I originally planned, but maybe this was what I needed to do now to help coordinate this. And then like I was talking to Jerry and I said, the husband, and I said, you know, I think Michelle would, and, and we're choosing from what's coming in. I said, Michelle would be just tickled pink to know that each one of these kids and their family and like the, the, the fingers of her love of art have, are, are like all across. I mean, there was women that came in for this last sale from Iowa. They flew in from Iowa. It's that good. Oh but it, it's like, yeah. So I'm thinking here, I'm helping facilitate that love, not in the way that I would like to like in my dream thing in my retirement but I'm like so never discount anything it comes in the most amazing ways and I had no idea I go yeah I totally love to organize them yeah I'll help you with this garage sale look at what you're doing right so Mm -hmm. it's nothing about me it's just that I opened myself up to say yeah, you know, I would love it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what Christy's dream has been to do is to do like an art like center, like a retreat center where wow. women can come like for an extended retreat and do like art is like therapy and just like get away, like some like like a restful like type getaway. So the ARC, oh, A-R-C. 
<laughs> like as an arc and yeah, at our retreat center. See, I haven't been there. You don't have a building to do that, right? You don't have yeah. a physical location, but the Lord has put this family in your life with this woman who's passed away, who has a house full of art supplies. And now you right now in this season get to be the person to help facilitate mm-hmm. all these women who are coming because she posts it in our in our neighborhood group online and people like jump on it when they see it because <laughs> they know how good it is. Um, it's so now good. Got these women who are coming. And so while it may not be quite the vision that you had, it's at least a step in that mm-hmm. direction. And who knows, as you continue to walk through this process with that family, what the Lord is going to show you about maybe how to execute what he has called you. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, it, it, vision is always being tweaked, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. we make fun of it, but it's always being tweaked and always being developed and always evolving. Right. And yeah. so it reminds me of the passage of the 10 lepers um, where it says, and as they went, mm-hmm. they were healed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we got to go. We got to start moving in the direction of what God is calling us to do. You got to start somewhere. It may not look like going out and purchasing a, a 10 acre property right now with six bedrooms or something like that it might not look like that it might just look like come alongside a family who has all these art and craft supplies and find women who are excited about that and who are passionate about that and distribute those art supplies and then let maybe Christy I'm just gonna throw this out there but maybe you get their contact information and maybe you organize them online and mm-hmm. you know in some sort of community and say okay here's ideas of things that you can now do with those supplies and ways that you can now take what's been given to you go and make disciples yeah <laughs> you know like yeah i'm i'm responsible for the email blast so right now i have over 200 emails that i wow. send out as reminders for like this is the next sale thanks for coming to the last one we raised this blah 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 so and it's one step and you now have 200 emails <laughs> do you know how significant that is amen I know. And that's why I was saying, you know, when you're going to this, I'm like, oh, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. I was like, and I don't, I'm sorry. I don't mean to glom onto this whole thing, but it just like came right into it. I'm like, so you just, I mean, I thank goodness we have 2020 hindsight as humans <laughs> because you can go, oh, so that's why this happened. And that's why this happened. And that's why it took me to where I'm at. So, you know, this whole thing of being a servant and allowing yourself the opportunity of you just never know when that little whisper or that nudge or that wink from God is going to like lead you someplace that you like, oh, <laughs> this is why that happens. You know? <laughs> this Bible study yeah. is an example of that, right? Because mm-hmm. it was really Brittany's, you know, posted in our, our neighborhood group and said, said she was new and there were other ladies and said, does anybody want to have a Bible study? And we all were like, well, sure. We had so many that we said, okay, well, let's do two groups. Well, it started as three, but two groups. And so we have a Monday night and a Thursday night. And I was just sharing about the Thursday night online, you know, in case there were people that I knew locally that might want to come. And Miss Sherry, um, she said, are you, are you doing this on Zoom or online? And I said, no, no. 
She said, well, I'm going to get the book and I'll be ready if you decide to do it online. I said, oh, okay. And then Cheryl posted in my inbox and she said, hey, are you doing this online? I said, no, no, it's just a neighborhood small group. <laughs> well, I'm going to get the book. And if you decide to do it online. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, Lord, if this is the opportunity that you're giving, I'm going to run with it. You know, I'm going to follow whatever it is that you whatever door it is that you're opening right now in this season, because I don't know, you know, what, what's going to come of it, but I don't want to miss the opportunity and I don't want to miss the moment. And I think that that is so vital that we are aware of the timing of what it means to be a servant of the Lord. And when we're receiving instruction and direction from him, that we got to be aware of the timing of what we're doing. And that goes both ways, right? Okay, he may give you an instruction, but it may not be for right now. And then there are some instructions that it's like, okay, you can actually start walking through this right now. You can start doing that now. Mm -hmm. In some capacity, in some way, I'm going to organize this this art sale and I'm going to start building an email (laughs) list so that people know that I'm the art art lady. (laughs) You know, like there is something that you can do and start moving along with the master and what he's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote this down from one of my studies as I was reading through this. Um, God will always use a servant. Mm. Always, period. He will always use the life that is surrendered to him He will always use the life that is submitted and that says, here am I, send me. That's the person that God, that never get, that that God's, you know, God's not turning his back on that person. Not that he turns his back on any of us, but he's not ignoring that person. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's the life that can always be used. Um, I was watching a service in... Indiana yeah Indiana last week and I mean they went they had I don't know if this is what they do on first Sunday but they do a very traditional like black black gospel worship service on like the first Sunday of the month and one of the songs says uh y'all might have to help me out uh what what do you want the Lord to say I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. What do you want the Lord to say? What do you want the Lord to say? Well done. That's what I want the Lord to say. Come on, somebody help me. Somebody knows it. I don't know. Oh, y'all don't know it. Y'all don't know it. Is that, the, is that the one, well done, my good and faithful son? Yeah. Is it, yes, well done, my good and faithful son. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and it's like, well, what do you want the Lord to say? What do you want the Lord to say? I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done, basically. Um, and I was thinking about that all week, like thinking about this passage, just that we don't want to get to the end and not hear well done. Oh, no. Because you could get to the end, right? And you could hear, all right, come on in. Like you made it, you qualified. But there's a difference between qualifying, right? Because we're just coming through the Olympus. There's a difference between qualifying and doing well. 
there is a difference. And I think in this context, the difference is the heart of a servant is the one, the person who lives with the heart of a servant and says, God, whatever you call me to do, I'm going to do. I'm not going to be afraid of failing. And if I fail, okay, I'll pick up the pieces and you'll be right there with me. But I'm not going to be afraid of failing and I'm not going to be afraid of succeeding either. But it's a heart that says, God, I'm grateful for the opportunity just to be used by you. I'm grateful that you would choose me, that you would call me, that you would see something in me, that you would desire something in me. And if that's what you see in me, even if I don't see it yet, I'm going to trust what you see. Even if I don't see it, I'm going to trust what you see and do what you have said to do. She um, offers this in, on page 91. She says, offer thanks for the chance to be used by the Lord. Confess any disdain for the role of servant. Ask God to give you a greater vision of what it means to be his servant. I found her statements um, about the, in the story about the, the cruise. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that was so shockingly accurate. Yeah. But so very sad about, you know, she puts it in, ita in uh, um, italics. Like, would many Americans know how to deliver such an extreme level of service? Would they even want to? Because mm -hmm. she was talking about, you know, the staff members and they were, you know, it was from the Philippines, Romania, South Africa, and how pleasant and giving the staff were mm -hmm. to make her experience, you know, on this cruise wonderful. And it's like, she goes, but anyway, I don't see any Americans looking here. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's true. You know, it's shameful. It's, I think about it every time I take a cruise. So when she wrote that, that really hit home for me. It did too. My husband and I did one recently. Every and time it's so rare to see an American working as staff on these cruise ships because it, it's really the pay is not that great <laughs> like let's be honest I mean um you know these people are, are, are working I'm really surprised some of these companies can get away with that but that's neither here nor there yeah. but um they're working sometimes it just seems like non-stop like around right. the clock Mm -hmm. And you're right, is she and she's right. Like, and there are very often very few Americans. And I ask myself like the same question that she asked, like, why is that? Mm -hmm. Like, is it that we don't have that capacity in us to just whatever you need, whatever it takes? I'm not getting wealthy off of this, but my heart is here to serve and to be of help to you. And the funny thing is on, on a cruise ship, 
meet some of the nicest people from all over the world, you know, who are working as staff and who just really so often want to go above and beyond in, in pleasing and in helping and making sure your stay is just really enjoyable. But there's a reality, right? In America, like we've been told, like you, you deserve this, you know, you should make this much, you know, you're, you're worth more than that, you know? Um, and, and those things are true. Like I'm not knocking some of those, those thoughts, but sometimes it's also got to be that my heart is just to make sure that you're okay. Amen. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting anything like grand out of this. My heart is just to make sure that you're doing well, that, that, that you have a good meal, you know, that you um, have everything that you need. That's the heart of a servant is it's, it, I'm not trying to, it, like we said, take advantage of you. I'm not trying to get over on you. I'm not trying to um, manipulate you. My heart is genuine and authentic to just care for you, to love for you, to, to love on you, to honor you. And I think that's something that we all need in every area of life it doesn't matter who it is or who we're interacting with we need to be a people who desire to serve you know because that's what she said right here was uh, confess any disdain for the role of a servant like have we've all been there right yeah I had a job one time. I was a donor relations coordinator, Christy, in a big office, a big office, a big wealthy office. And they told me to go do the dishes to clean the coffee cups. I said, that's not my job. That is not my job. I said, y'all, y'all drink that coffee? Y'all need, y'all need to go wash those cups. <laughs> I was just, and, you know, I, I look back on it, you know, 20 something, you're brash and brass and, you know, just, you know, foolhardy and all of that. But what if my heart in that moment had been, my thought could have been, that's not my job, but I'm going to, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve my fellow employees and, and team and staff members. sometimes we have to be willing to go low and it's not a popular place to be right like it's not because our culture teaches us strive to be at the top strive to be seen strive to to build your brand strive to be you know employee of the month strive to do this strive to do that but Jesus said the greatest in the kingdom is the least you want to be great serve somebody else our culture did you know this whole internet culture i do social media work for a living and i just 
sometimes it's just a lot. Like it's it's just too much. It's just build your brand and be seen and and be this and be that. How about you just serve somebody? What does it look like to get before God with his word before us and in prayer and say, God, show me how to serve somebody? Not just in word, not not in lip service like she talked about, but actually really get in the trenches and make an impact. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Be sure to join our Facebook group called Online Women's Bible Study. We're live on Monday evenings at 7 p.m., encouraging, building, and growing together in God. This week, remember who you are, a daughter and friend of God, seen, known, and loved by Him. Until next time, 